Uncle Sam, I want to know what you're doing with Okay, where was I when I said that? Dee, 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 dee. Kind of was a leafy. Try to just urge you not to throw up in your mouth. Okay, show some R E S P I C T. Jeez, old man. Chaos, ugliness, and hilarity. How dare you? Armstrong and Getty. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. We're very happy with what we're reading. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C, a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody. Hey, I don't get to say C, senor. On a Tuesday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, <laughs> Joe Getty's Midnight Tweets. As Sean noticed that Joe Getty was tweeting at 1230 in the morning, very Trump-like. <laughs> Having uh, had surgery yesterday, so... Um, That's what drugs will do to you. Were you all hyped up on Vicodin and <laughs> just tweeting in the middle of the night, or what's the deal? No, they had gin here. Gin? <clears throat> awesome. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, they were pouring cocktails late last night. It was great. <laughs> wow. Why does that happen more often? Hotel bars? <laughs> Have some fun. You know, they don't pour gin, but I'll tell you what they do do. I said doo-doo. Yes. He uh, hasn't lost it. <laughs> <laughs> they took out the hip, but they didn't take out the funny. <laughs> what they actually do is wake you up every couple hours for whatever the hell, including 90 seconds ago. And I looked up at the clock, and I thought, oh, what the hell? <laughs> I'll call in. Yeah, that's that's my favorite part of the hospital experience. Now you get some rest. You close yeah. your eyes, door opens. Now you, get, now you get some rest. And then they, then they close, then they, you close your eyes, door opens again. <laughs> and, and, hey, these, these people have been absolutely great and everything, everything. But this latest one was, I brought you some water. <laughs> okay, great. Super. I'll alert the media. I, I, I remember when, my, uh, when we were in the hospital with the kids being born. I, it, so to somebody, I said, is this, did this have to happen now? Is this something that has to happen now? Well, it's something like a water delivery. Just yeah. come on now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that aside, uh, see, I had your old hip removed and a new one put in. How did that whole thing go? Oh, this new one's much better. I like it way better. <laughs> you know, it, it was, it, it, it was. They tell me it went well. I was not there. Mm. Um, uh, and the long and short of the story is, they're really, really good at pain management. Mm. I mean, they have you on like uh, America's pharmaceutical uh, cream of the crop before you're going to need it. Awesome. So, you know, when the pain kicks in, it's hardly even there. So, so do you have like a uh, crazy scar or what? What is that? Do you have any idea? Uh, yeah, I got I got a big old incision. I haven't even looked at it, honestly. Is your other older hip now jealous of the svelte <laughs> new young hip? <laughs> <clears throat> well, the the one that remains is pretty sucky, and so uh, it, it's probably even long for the world. It's. It's starting to look around and ask its coworkers what the boss is saying about it. <laughs> hey, so yesterday, before you got your surgery, I asked the question, if you knew whether or not the new hip would weigh more or less, would like you immediately weigh less on the scale? And we got a uh, 
we got a text from somebody who got two new hips, and then they they realized they'd gained eight pounds, get, uh, you know, in the hospital. So they worked out like crazy, couldn't lose that eight pounds until they found out the new hips. Each of them weighed four pounds more than their old hips. Oh. <laughs> Holy crap! You're kidding me. So that's worth keeping in mind if you feel I'm like, oh my god, I, I I gained weight. I've got to lose I'm it. Turning no, it. I'm returning this thing. Well, it doesn't matter what you actually weigh, but it'd be worth knowing that it's not fat. It's just the weight of the hip. Now, I don't know if that's the case with your hip. She might have gotten hers done back in the 20s when they were made of... uh... Lead. (laughs) No kidding. Anchor material. (laughs) Oh, man. I got to lower my voice. The nurse just poked her head in to see whether I was in pain. (laughs) So if you scream, do they give you more pain medication? Is it one of those deals? Yeah, they probably would. They probably would, but honestly... I mean, there's man, a guy down on the corner outside the radio station hoping for the same deal. He's <laughs> screaming and hoping somebody will give him some drugs. You got one of those those self-admin buttons? Like, the the, the if, you, if you need something, you just press the button? I don't think I can be trusted with that. No, I just got the begging button. Mm. I can't dose myself. But that's fine. Honestly, I haven't needed it. So when will oh. you be uh, kicking field goals again and that sort of thing? Oh, good Lord. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I can walk with my walker at this point. Uh-huh. Um, and I suspect I'll probably be able to put full weight on it today. So, wow. but Hey, I just, uh, you know, my, my intent was actually just to jump on and do the opening and wish y'all luck. That's a good um, idea. But, uh, you know, all is well. And got a lot of really nice notes and emails and tweets and the rest of it. I want to say thanks to everybody. And I'll be back and just annoying as hell uh, soon, like real soon. So do you plan you to know? go to sleep right now or what? I don't know. I'm pretty awake. Mm. I'm, I'll probably start begging for coffee. <clears throat> You'd watch uh, watch some cable news. That'd be relaxing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> God. Then, then, I'll, then I'll deny they gave me the last dose so I can just overdose and end it. So what particular uh, pain drug are you on, do you know? Is it the oxy? <clears throat> Well, um, you know what I'm on is a is a whole bunch of um, acetaminophen, Tylenol, uh, in IV Tylenol, mm. and um, and also uh, like slow release oxy once every eight there hours. You go. I think. That's a party. Yeah, you know I can't feel it. Um, That's I don't amazing. The, I don't know if the non pill stuff doesn't get you high, or it only gets some people high, or. I don't know. I'm, you know, I'll, I got to go home, and I'll be taking it at home for a couple of days, I guess. But um, so pain I'm that sure you, so pain that you've had to feel uh, on a scale of one to ten, whatever that means. Um, what would you put it at? Um, uh, der, it was it was pretty bad yesterday. Uh, huh. I think it was. I think I told him it was a six or seven at one point, but right now it's. Like less than it was before I got the operation. And so my, my just my point being that you know in a century we went from sawing off people's legs with a saw and no anesthesia whatsoever to replacing a hip and you have you know some pain the first day. Well, I mean that's incredible. Well, yeah, I mean it's astounding. They literally saw off part of your femur and and you know and replace it with something else and yeah. And, and they did I'm the correct hip. Oh yeah. Okay. Although uh, it was funny, they go over that and over that. And I said to the guys in the operating room, I said, you know, the left one's a piece of crap, too, so it wouldn't be the biggest mistake ever. <laughs> and they laughed at that and said, it'd still be a mistake. I said, paperwork? They said, oh, God, a lot of paperwork. <laughs> yeah, geez, so. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you remove the wrong body part, I'm sure there is some paperwork involved in that. Yeah. yeah. Boy, the uh, The operating room crew was a jolly crew, though, man. 
they were uh, they enjoyed the work. It was pretty funny. That helps. Yeah, and then they just knocked me out. Mm. Do you remember, did they I, do the count backwards from a hundred thing? Oh, please count backwards from two. <laughs> hey, how were the baths? By the way, sponge baths. Yeah. Oh, I haven't I haven't had one of those. Oh, okay. Sponge bath square pants. Because in movies I've seen, it was always some <laughs> crap. <but> anyway. <laughs> okay. Zingo. <laughs> Michael's yeah. watched a lot of Cinemax movies where the sponge bath looked like an appealing portion of the yeah, hospital stay. Don't, don't even say that. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, I can't. Some, that sounds horrible. Some nice nurse walks in, and all of a sudden I'm, uh, you know. No, that's no good. <laughs> Ready for action? Nobody wants that. No. Nobody. <laughs> no. Nobody. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, well, have a good show, fellas. I may uh, phone in again a little bit later on. We'll be here. Yep. We're not going anywhere. Godspeed, my lad. All right, congratulations. Stay ahead of the Thank pain, you. Joe. Indeed. Yes, exactly. Yeah, oh, you. I will. I will. <laughs> Drinking gin and taking oxy. That's Joe Getty, live from the hospital. We'll have a jazz album out in a week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I might have to say hello to the squad later as we've got... Do we have a guest coming? Yeah, well, we'll do it in a little bit. We're trying to line somebody up from Paris here in a little bit because... um. It's crazy over there. They've yep. had over a month now of rioting across the entire nation, which is insane. And it's at least partially because of this whole gas tax and global warming, blah, blah, blah. In other words, the population doesn't want to pay for your global warming dreams. But uh, we'll get to that later. Um, what is coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, President Trump's volley of tweets claiming victory over migrant caravans and offering new plans to build the border wall. We've got Times Person of the Year. And oh, good Lord. And You're talking about an anachronism. Times Person What is Time? It's a magazine, which Joe says it's a website they print on paper for some reason. <laughs> Seems wasteful. And we got a lot of talk about a no-host Oscars coming up. Times Person of the Year. You know what we need is always, Sean, we're going to need a list of former Time Man of the Years to go through. We'll get to that eventually. Um, So, uh, actually, quite a bit of good stuff lined up today. I got the other side of the legal story on the whole Trump-Cohen thing, the stuff that broke Friday. I don't think the other side has been explored enough with Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law Professor. Stay tuned. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Conscience. Of the nation. Surprise guest of Joe Getty here on the Armstrong and Getty Show, calling from his hospital bed, having had his hip replaced yesterday. You know where uh, our agent is uh, uh, going to great lengths to make the uh, the 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 story around the country be, and it's true that it uh, stems from a sports injury. It because it does make it sound like we're in our eighties <laughs> when one of the hosts is out getting his hip replaced, and that is not the case. Was the sport shuffleboard? <laughs> Hilarious. Baseball and golf, I believe, but the, uh, the the one of the points, as I mentioned yesterday, people are getting this stuff earlier, is somebody finally figured out, why do you limp around for 20, 30 years in pain 
and then get it done when you're really old. Why not do it earlier? So that might be the new thing with some of this replacement stuff. Uh, actually, they can wear out. Or you could, you could end. Up, he could end up, you know, because they they last twenty years or something like that. So he could very easily end up, you know, getting another one in the same hip someday. Oh. Who knows? That's a different story. But anyway, since Joe Getty called in, we're going to introduce everybody on the squad now. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi, this morning, Michael. I'm doing good. You know, I was kind of hoping that the Joe's doctor would drop a metal object in there so that when he you know, is great, er- everything feels great, but he rattles as he walks from now on, you know, just... He is going to be one of those people that beeps at uh, metal detectors and has to show a card saying, I'm, I don't That's have a true. bomb, I have, I have metal inside me. I'm just going to randomly start going beep whenever he walks through a doorway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think they got one of these new security. Beep, there it goes again. There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you this morning, Sean? Doing very well. I am. Uh, I am about 36 hours away from achieving a goal of not spending any money for a week. I uh, I filled up on gas. I got my supplies, and then I made a, a, a goal to myself. I was like, "All right, Sean, don't be impulsive. Don't be silly. Go a week without spending any money." And I, I'm I'm close. I'm real close. That's a, um, that's that's a tough one this time of year, but a great idea. God, I remember when I was younger and uh, like living on the edge, paycheck to paycheck. Every once in a while, I'd really clamp down, and I'd be amazed at how much money you could save if you just clamp down. All the little things really add up. Spending some money at the convenience store or at work on the in the the, the, the vending machines or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I, or just oh yeah, I'll go check out that movie. Well, that's fifteen bucks plus mm-hmm. gas to get there. Yeah, I mean it. It just really does add up, and uh, and yeah, it's it, it's fun to to find those old packages of Top Ramen you have. Oh look, <laughs> is this still good? Of course, it's still good. That's it. speaking of cheap food. My wife's on some sort of noodles kick that comes in a little styrofoam thing. You pull off the plastic lid and like heat it up in the microwave or something. She bought them in bulk from Amazon, and she's oh, just nice. eating them all the time, like all day long. Like cup of noodle? I think it is. Yeah. Sounds great. Wow. It's Sounds super delicious. cheap. They're like a quarter a piece or something yeah. like that. There's probably yeah. not that much yeah. sodium in that at all. <laughs> right, I was going to say, it's loaded with sodium. There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? Well, I'm going to tell you, Joe Getty gets a new hip, and now I'm feeling a little iffy because I've noticed my right knee is clicking. It's cl- it clicks? <laughs> it's clicking. You just noticed that your <laughs> knee clicks. No, no, it's in the last day or two. And, you know, it, it's probably the result of my extreme sports exercise regimen. That's true. But what does it You've mean? You've worn yours out with yeah, sports injuries. Yeah, what does it mean if your knee's clicking? Well, does it go I'd, away? I'd, I would ask a doctor. But, <laughs> I'm uh, asking it, you guys. It can't be good. Oh, yeah, maybe I should just Google it. My eye squeaks. We all have problems. Oh, that's right. You've got squeaky eyes. I need to try to do that on the air. I did it again last night. My wife recoil, recoils in horror every time I do that. <laughs> i got to really enjoy this time of my life when my body doesn't make noise. You should. Yes, it you should. should, because when it goes away, it's gone forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And never coming back. Yeah. Anyway, thank you all for that, as we said hello to everyone on the show. And I wanted to do this. <clears throat> and you're free to go back to work, Marshall. All right. Pre- preparing your newscast. Um... I don't know what the answer is going to be on the whole Trump, Mueller, uh, Cohen, Manafort probe thing and all the stuff that came out on Friday. Who knows where it's ever going to land? But if you're taking in your cable news and reading your Washington's Post and your your New York Times, all of the opinions from those particular lawyers, FBI agents, former prosecutors, tend to run a certain direction. There's only a couple of them out there that have presented another side of the case, and I thought that would be a good idea because... In a couple of cases, yesterday we had on Michael Cardoza, who's a high-profile lawyer, who is not a Trump fan, if you heard the interview, who said, I don't think there's any problem here, 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 or here. And also, last night I saw an interview with Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law professor, 
um, and his point of view on all this, keeping in mind that he's not a Trump fan either. In fact, he was an active Hillary Clinton supporter and is a lifetime Democrat and always is on that side of uh, of politics. But here is something, um, some of his interview last night from Fox on how he saw Friday's uh, maneuverings. I want everyone out there to imagine the following scenario. Let's assume when Bill Clinton was running for president, Paula Jones came up to him and said, unless you pay me $130,000, I'll reveal our affair. And let's assume Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton together did exactly what it's alleged that Donald Trump and Cohen did together. I guarantee you the New York Times, NBC, MSNBC would be railing against any prosecutor who dared to suggest that this was a violation of the camp finance law. Everybody would be on the other side of this issue. There'd be Republicans out there saying, strip him of the presidency, impeach him, indict him. Every Democrat would be saying, this is a witch hunt. This is terrible. We need a single standard. If you wouldn't go after Bill Clinton, don't go after Donald Trump. If you're going after Donald Trump, then you have to go after Hillary Clinton for everything that she allegedly did. For example, one of your guests talked about the Federal Corrupt Practices Act. That applies when you bribe a foreign official. What they're arguing is that there was a rumor that maybe somebody offered Putin a penthouse in a tower that Trump was thinking of building in Moscow. And if that had been done, it would be a violation of the FCPA, Federal Corrupt Practices Act. But it's all based on hypotheticals and maybes. And I just want everybody to apply the shoe on the other foot test. Which is something he talked about on on our show uh, when we had him on uh, a while back. The shoe on the other foot thing. I think wants me to put my right shoe on my left foot. (laughs) I think that is such an important observation from from his standpoint. And I wish more of us would recognize that. That if you flip the script on this, so many people would be would be absolutely on the other side of the same set of facts. And his point is um because he stands he thinks prosecutors have way too much power. He's a defense attorney. I don't know whether that's right or not, but he thinks that there's uh, way too much leeway with the special counsel, special prosecutor in creating crimes after the fact. Um, but it's nice to have a voice on the other side to at least give that point of view. I was watching MSNBC on Friday night, and they were certain it's over now, it's done. Trump is not only going to be impeached, but he's going to jail as president of the United States. Dershowitz obviously has a different point of view. Quickly on this, this is an angle of it I hadn't even thought of. Is, is it unfair to describe this scenario as extortion? I say I know something about your sex life. I know a secret about you that you want to keep, that's non-criminal, but that you want to keep hidden. And unless you pay me money, I'm going to reveal it. That seems like textbook extortion to me. Why is it not? It is absolutely textbook extortion, and there ought to be a prosecution of any person, man or woman, who approaches any candidate or anybody else and says, Unless you pay me money, I'm going to reveal a sex act. And that's uh, what happened with Stormy Daniels. I hadn't even heard that angle of why somebody hasn't gone after that as extortion. But, um, so there's another side of the story. Marshall's News coming up in just a moment. We are going to get a report on the Paris riots, among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. be darned. 
warned Michael Avenatti, Stormy Dorm- Daniels' lawyer. He's calling himself. I thought she fired him. Anyway. No, nah, they made amends. I guess. Yeah, they did. He has responded to the clip we just played of Tucker Carlson and Alan Dershowitz ac- accusing her of extortion. So we'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. Um. Also, I saw a story in the Washington Examiner because this has been making the rounds. How cookie dough is dangerous, eating raw cookie dough. The Washington Examiner out with a story today. It's worth it. <laughs> it's their headline. <laughs> it's worth whatever possible danger there is because it's so delicious. I agree. How would you argue with that? I could get sick, possibly, but it's so good. A life without cookie dough eating? That's not a life worth living. Is there anything more self-indulgent <laughs> yeah, really? than eating raw cookie dough? Oh, my God, it's so good. Uh, Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Uh, Ahead of his White House meeting with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi on a new spending plan and his demands, Congress pony up billions for the border wall to avoid a government shutdown, President Trump has fired off a volley of tweets this morning. Quote, Despite the large caravans that were forming and heading to our country, people have not been able to get through our newly built walls, makeshift walls and fences, or border patrol officers and military. They're now staying in Mexico, or going back to their original countries. Second tweet. People do not yet realize how much of the wall, including really effective renovations, already been built. Absolutely. I was about to bring this up. I was about to say, I wish I could be his spokesman on this issue, because they need to hammer how much wall already exists. Okay, he's into it. We talked about this some last week. There are 2,000 miles of border. Only about 1,000 of it needs to have a barrier at all because it has physical barriers you can't get across or it's too desolate to get across there. There's already 400, 500 miles of walls and barriers, much of which was approved by Democrats, including Nancy Pelosi. So this whole we're against walls crap is just a political ploy. And I'm glad he's pointing out how much barrier actually exists already. Trump going on in his tweet, If the Democrats do not give us the votes to secure our country, the military will build the remaining sections of the wall. They know how important it is. Plus, we're going to get to those Pew Research numbers coming up. Big study that came out yesterday of attitudes about immigration around the world. And here's the headline. Everywhere around the world, people feel the same way. We got enough immigrants. Um, Just every country's that way, and it can't all be racism. So stay tuned for that coming up. Last part of the tweet, I look forward to my meeting with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. Democrats voted for a wall in 2006, yep. and they were right to do so then. Absolutely. I don't know how the, well, I think I know why. The mainstream media misses that point regularly. There was a vote in 2006 in which many, many, many Democrats, including Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, were in favor of building barriers between the United States and Mexico. Switching gears over to France, President Macron has promised tax relief for struggling workers and retirees and acknowledged he's partially responsible for the anger that's fueled almost four weeks, almost a month of protests. He pleaded in a televised address for a return to calm. The protests, which have indeed shaken the country and his presidency, started in neglected provinces to oppose fuel tax increases, and they marched into Paris. Macron said he may have given the impression he didn't care about ordinary citizens. So he is backing away from the carbon uh, taxes on fuel. Right. What's a neglected province? Is that just their kind of 
Well, the rural provinces uh, are uh, are much poorer than gotcha. Paris and the big cities. And the people who live in the provinces say we're not getting any help. We're not getting any aid. A lot of a lot of the protesters want more redistributed wealth. Yep. So um, I don't know how this is going to shake out. Uh, there is something major going on in the world between the attitude about Brexit, between what happened in Greece and Spain, what's going on in France right now, and the election of Donald Trump, and the attitudes here with people not liking their current system of government, really either party. And I don't know how this is going to shake out. Yeah, amongst the uh, concessions Macron made, he said that he would uh, give tax relief to the poor, he would uh, cancel a tax increase on retirees, and he wants to boost the minimum wage in France by about $114 a month. There's a lot of people that have jumped into this opportunity to smash things, as always happens. Some of them are just anarchists or losers or creepos, but... To the extent that it was about the um, the gas tax and to try to deal with global warming, the average person on the street is not thinking, you know, global warming worries me so much, I'll pay an extra whatever for, for gas or for my car or for whatever. Right. They just don't feel that way. Time. The elite feel that way because they're already super wealthy, so it doesn't really have an effect on them. Time has announced its person of the year. It is actually not one, but it's a group of people. It's okay, the mur- let's, let's start here. The murdered Washington let's, Post. I want to start with this. Back in the day, yes. Time magazine was a big deal. Yes. You would you would uh you would wait for it to arrive on your doorstep. I know I did as a kid. Mm-hmm. It was it was a big deal. And then they would name somebody who was back then the man of the year. And then when we got over being sexist, we started calling it the person of the year. And it was a big deal. It is no longer in and in, in, in the current state, it's not only not a big deal, it barely reaches up to a small deal. Who time names the man of the year? But people still report it as if it's something. Go ahead, Marshall. All right. The uh, person or people of the year murdered Washington Post columnist Jabal Khashoggi, the victims of the Capitol Gazette shooting in Maryland, and a number of jailed journalists around the world. Mm. That Those are Times People of the Year. Now, on one other note, Variety is reporting that Kevin Hart's abrupt departure as the Oscars host has left the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences scrambling to find somebody to take the gig. I like As, the way he handled that. Oh, you got to, you think I'm you don't you're bothered by something? I say okay, I won't do it then. There you go. Good luck. Yep. I like how he played it both ways. He he stepped down and he apologized, removing the fact that he's only apologizing to keep the gig or something right, like that. He's right, like, right. I'm just I'm going to step away from this. This is the, yeah. the, this is what I signed up for. It's good to have blank you money though. Oh yeah. To be in his situation. Yeah, you don't want me. That's right. No, I'm okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. I got I got more money than I could spend in ten lifetimes. As of now, the situation I'll go sell out another football stadium <laughs> yeah. to tell jokes. Yeah. In. As of now, the situation <laughs> remains fluid as the group's leadership explores options, including going hostless. Not one host at all, but rather a bunch of giant celebs. I think that's a pretty good idea, actually. Something, to the extent that anybody's going to watch the Oscars, I think that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, something SNL-style and uh, buzzy people, they sh- sh- say, to keep the show moving. A uh, stunt like a group monologue will be floated, one source said. Mm-hmm. Siri, show me the nominees. <laughs> I'm telling you, they got to go with an with a, with a AI assistant. That's when I first saw this story, uh, Sean. I, I thought of your suggestion. Who knows? An AI host. There you well, go. It's, it's, it is a thankless job in that um, whoever hosts it, they will have the lowest ratings they've ever had. Because that's just the direction right. Oscar broadcasts are going. And they'll blame it on the host. So why would you want that? Right. 
And, you know, an AI host wouldn't uh, have their feelings hurt. <laughs> they wouldn't probably be aware of it. Anyway, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Well, uh, Alexa wouldn't say best picture goes to La La Land. Alexa would know. Alexa isn't an 80-year-old actor who can't read a card. So it all turned out <laughs> there fine. There you go. <laughs> At my house, we call her Miss A, because if, if you say Alexa out loud, she immediately starts doing something. So you have to, like, whisper it or use use hints or whatever. She's always listening, which is a little troubling, by the way. You mention Alexa, and she says, yes. Oh, that's right. You're in the room. Oh, man. Quit listening to us. Um, What was I going to do? I had something I was going to do. I was all excited about what I was going to do. You remember what I was going to do, Sean? I should write these things down. Was it the puppy names? Oh, wait, no, we did that yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Hilarious. Uh, Oh, Avenatti has responded to Dershowitz, the clip we just played a little bit ago about his uh, client extorting Donald Trump. We'll uh, tell you what he had to say and then move on from that whole mess, that hot mess. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my It is absolutely textbook extortion, and there ought to be a prosecution of any person, man or woman, who approaches any candidate or anybody else and says, unless you pay me money, I'm going to reveal a sex act. There you go. That's Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law professor, on Tucker Carlson last night. They're talking about Stormy Daniels, who uh, allegedly got word to Trump's people that she was going to go big with her uh, story. And they paid her $130,000, calling that extortion. So uh, Michael Avenatti, who you'll remember, was, then wasn't, now I guess is again Stormy Daniels' lawyer, has responded to to that. And I only bring this to you because I enjoy this part. So at Tucker Carlson, you're now accusing my client at Stormy Daniels of the crime of extortion. You are an ignorant piece of garbage. Yes. There you go. Uh. How do you like that? No um, need to set up with the jab when you can just lead with an overhand right. <laughs> uh, why do you continue to avoid having me on to talk about the facts? I w- he's done this before. Our other shows have done this, where you have Dershowitz and Avenatti on side by side. Dershowitz hates Avenatti because Alan Dershowitz, if you know his act, I mean, Harvard Law professor, written so many books about law schools and teaching law and this and that and he's so into civil liberties and everybody having freedom and that sort of stuff sees a guy like Avenatti is just gutter scum and so he enjoys arguing with him on tv and i i, I hope that somehow those two can come together because that absolutely been fantastic uh. <laughs> anyway Avenatti, who was once running for president no longer is coming up uh we're going to get into this pew study that came out yesterday about attitudes over immigration around the world. I'm hoping, it's probably not going to happen, but I'm hoping that maybe in light of some recent developments, we can move the immigration 
issue away from accusing people of racism and hate and fear into something else. As we find out, hey, it turns out all kinds of different people don't like foreigners, different people, poor people, whatever, showing up in their neighborhood. It's just a normal human reaction. It's possible you could argue it's not good human nature, but it is human nature. So you can't call it hate. We'll get into that coming up with some of the amazing statistics from countries around the world on that. If there's one thing that I have learned being part of the Armstrong and Getty show over the years is the number of times we've come across this story and then the reading that we've uh, done and people we've talked to about the nature of bureaucracies. The thing we've learned about bureaucracies is it's it, uh, speaking of human nature, a bureaucracy has bureaucracy nature, not human nature. You only see 10% of it. No, that's an iceberg. <laughs> What's the bureaucracy? I don't know. They always, they always err toward protecting themselves, even well to unimaginable degrees. And we see this over and over and over again, and we just have to... I need to stop saying, how could you do that? What is wrong with those people? And just accept that's what bureaucracies do. Whether you're talking the VA and how you end up with a bunch of doctors and nurses and office people who can ignore old veterans and not get them their doctor's appointments, how that can happen. Or this, this latest story. Headline in USA Today, Olympic Guardians Failed Abused Athletes. As they look closer in to the U.S. Olympic Committee and um, and the whole organization, it becomes more and more obvious that there were people at all kinds of levels including at the very top, who knew this sort of abuse was going on, for instance, in gymnastics, and just tried to keep their cool gig going. A bureaucracy's job, the iron law of bureaucracies, is they do whatever's going to protect the bureaucracy and keep it going. And uh, it doesn't matter, apparently, if little girls are being molested by creepos. Just that's not enough. That's not enough to ruin your cool gig. Oh, the, the greatest example of the iron law of bureaucracy is, of course, the Catholic Church. And now that's a big organization, billions and billions and billions of dollars. And they still, after all these revelations and all the bad PR and everything that's happened, they're still leaning on, we've got to keep quiet and, and come together and try to protect ourselves rather than, you know, really get to the bottom of this. And uh, this story about the people at the top, of um, USA Gymnastics and the U.S. Olympic Committee. It's just, it's it's unbelievable. You can't imagine yourself doing this. But again, I get to, apparently, it's just human nature. Apparently, and I, I, I really find this hard to believe, but apparently, if I was in this sort of a position, my first instinct would be want to try to protect U.S. Olympics and U.S. Gymnastics and sweep it under the rug or assume the girls are lying or... Or exaggerating or something. I don't know how this happens. Convince yourself that on balance we do more good than harm. Maybe or, that's it. I don't know. Maybe that's it. I mean, I would like to think that it's not as um, not as evil as I, get, I make a good salary. I'm this many years close to retirement. I want to get my pension, so screw those little girls. I, it can't be that. I mean, it's got to be more subtle than that. That is, in effect, what they're doing. Um, whether it's the Catholic Church or the the VA or U.S. gymnastics, that's in effect what these people are doing. But it, it can't be that. It's got to be something more subtle, some something that goes on in our in our human mind where we delude ourselves 
that these bad things aren't really happening or there's nothing we can do about it. Or as you just said, Sean, we overall, we do more good. Or imagine how bad it would be if I weren't here. Sort of. I, I don't. I don't Again, know these are these are big leaps to try to justify abhorrent behavior. At some point, you just have to accept that that's human nature, though. Um, anyway, very long article. Good for USA Today to go, day going big and like a full page on this. Olympic Guardians failed abused athletes. It's got to be really frustrating for uh, victims, whether it's the, uh, you know, at the time, little girls themselves or their parents. You go to who's in charge and say, look, this creepo doctor's. Um, you know, trying to sex up my child and nothing, just nothing happens or USA swimming or volleyball, or you go to somebody higher up in the VA and say, Hey, they, uh, they, they just won't get me an appointment. It's been a year now he's dying and nothing or the Catholic church. You go to the, um, on the Bishop in your area or whoever you can get a hold of that's higher up and say, look, my son got molested by a priest and nothing happens. All these bureaucracies do the same thing. They protect themselves. We just have to accept that. That should lead you to have a real distrust of big government. Because you can't have a bigger bureaucracy than the U.S. government, for instance. But they will always protect themselves over, well, sexing up little girls. So they're certainly going to protect themselves over any tax problem or anything like that. Worldwide Attitudes Toward Immigration, also with Time Magazine's Person of the Year out. We'll take a look at some of their past Persons of the Year and uh, see how they've done. I always find that entertaining for some reason. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.